Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. But today we're going to be dealing with a way out. We're going to finish this up. I've been telling you a lot about it's very, very important that you understand what God is saying. There's not anybody in here who's been tempted or can be tempted to do something wrong and God not be faithful. Amen. Matter of fact, since I've been teaching on this, a lot of you all probably been challenged. Anybody in here been challenged? All right, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't, I'm sorry. I should have said don't raise your hand before I ask you the word, the question. So the challenges will come, especially after this word. Okay? And if you don't stand on the word, then you're not fighting. People used to tell us all the time, let God handle it. Well, how do you let God handle it? This is how you let God handle it. When a temptation or a situation coming in your life that you don't want to deal with, that you want to get in the flesh and handle, you at that point must go to the Word and see how God told you to handle it. If God said, pray for them that despitefully misuse you, then instead of you cussing them out, you got to go pray for them. That's how you let God handle it. Uh huh. Now think about the way you've been handling it. And do the opposite. You've been, your, your first nature, your first inkling is to cut somebody out. You know that's not God. So, let me give you a scripture. Our scripture reference that we've all been, always been going to is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, to back it up what God is saying. Okay? There has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. There's nothing coming in your life that's different from anybody else's life. The devil has not just carved you out and picked on you and said, okay, I'm only going to hit you with this bag of tricks. Guess what? He only has one bag of tricks. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So when he hits you, he's going to come at you out of those three bags or out of those three things. Now you got to arm yourself because God already told you how he's coming at you. And you cannot sit back there and say, God, this is more than I can bear. Stop saying that. Because God's promise is that he's not going to give you more than you can bear. Where is that, Pastor? I'm going to read it to you. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above you are able to bear it. There it is right there. When the devil coming at you, God has a short leash on it. That leash will hold him back or God will snatch the, the, the slack out there and pull him back where he's supposed to be at. But you must do your part. The word of God says, if you do your part, if you resist the devil, he's going to walk away from you. There you go. He's going to what? He's going to flee. That word flee is translated in the Greek as in terror. When he sees you standing your ground and using this word, He's going to flee as in terror. Why is he going to flee? Because when you lift up this, God said, I watch over this to perform it. So when you stand your ground and you don't do it your way, but you start quoting scripture, you start saying what God says, then the devil knows God is getting ready to show up on the scene. So he's going to get out of there. But as long as you stay in your own flesh, or in your own thought pattern, the devil has every right to be right where he is, and that's in your head. You cannot fight the devil in your head. You cannot yield to your own understanding. 
You must acknowledge God. The Bible says, do not give place to the devil. And let me put this down. I might not even get past this today. I want you to hear it because I'm tired of preaching and you're not listening. You cannot sit here every Sunday and hear me teach that the devil come and slap it out of you. And you say, I don't know what happened. Yes, you do. You refuse to stand on the word of God. You refuse to stand your ground. He told Isaiah, and Isaiah told Hezekiah, he said, thus said the Lord God, if you don't do what you're supposed to, if you don't stand firm in your faith, I can't help you. If you all don't stand firm in your faith, I cannot help you. God cannot do anything for you. For without faith, it is impossible to please him, to make him happy. So with the attacks that come in your way, your faith has an opportunity to be magnified. You have an opportunity to prove to yourself that this word works. But when you get in your emotions, then your faith goes downward. It's being drained. It's being depleted. So you've got to use your faith. That's all you got. What else do you have? That's the most valuable thing that God has given us as his, peop as his people, our faith. For with this faith, we can conquer some mountains. I've got those scriptures ready today, and I'm going to show you what you can do with your faith. But you've got to start believing God first. Amen? Now listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you the truth. There's times when I don't want to fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's the last thing I want to do. I, I, I don't want to fight, but I know what the end result. If you got somebody who's mad at you, and I saw it on the TV the other day. This little girl saying, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight you. And it was on YouTube or something. I said, what? And this other girl was just hitting the boom, boom. I'm not getting kicked out of school for you. I'm not getting kicked out of school for you. And the girl was just hitting and hitting and hitting. And finally, the dude came outside and, and, and it wasn't no break him up. He just stopped this girl from beating on her. Now, there's a thing called self-defense. Now, I don't, young folks, I don't advocate that you go to school to fight. I'm not saying that. But there's a thing called self-defense. Okay? And you can sit there all the want. Devil, I'm not going to fight you. 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 He's going to beat your tail. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the brakes beat off you. Yes, sir. You won't be able to stop it off. So what you're trying to do now, I'm trying to do is get you to understand that there's a fight. And you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to hit your knees, and you're going to have to call on this God out of the faith in, your, in that word and faith that you've learned about God if you're going to win, if you're going to have what God wants you to have. If not, he's going to continue to take your lunch money. All right, so God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape. With everything that comes your way and the temptation that's been coming your way, the devil is subtle, and he'll just offer you something knowing that you're hungry. And it just happened to be what you want. I mean, you just thought about that, and now here it is, somebody coming and getting it, giving it to you, and you said you were going to get off that gluten. Mm -hmm. And now somebody has just baked you your favorite cake. And now you're looking at it. Well, what you going to do? Hmm. Yeah, what are you planning on doing? What is your plan? <laughs> you know what? In business, 
We don't plan to fail. We fail because we don't plan. Well, in the spirit realm, you don't plan to fail, but you do fail because you don't plan. If you know there's an enemy out there and he's coming at you, you're going to do everything you can to arm yourself and prepare yourself so when he comes, you can have some type of defense. Well, what about spiritually? It's just that we get in the church, we get so spiritual that we don't even put anything in the spirit. We don't apply spiritual truth. When the Bible told us you wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's an enemy out there. And God's doing everything he can. When that devil comes to you and he offers you something, God said, there's a way of escape. But you got to look for it. Amen? Now, how many of you all have ever, don't, don't raise your hand, just a question. How many of y'all ever got, was tempted to do something, and then something happened that you just didn't do it? It could have been the phone wrong. It could have been uh, you, somebody came in, somebody came by, somebody knocked on the door, somebody walked in and caught you or whatever. And you were just finna mess up. Yeah, I can see some smiles on your face. You understand, yeah. That was your way of escape, okay? That was God being faithful. That's, that's one of those but God moments, okay? But God, okay? And he's always giving us a way to escape. The problem is, do you want to get out? Do you want a way of escape? Or do you want to be you? You're so accustomed being you that you just want to be you. You, you want to cuss them out. You want to tell them where to get off at, or you want to do that. My wife said, uh, told me the other night, said, you be saying you get you some. Well, you don't know what I, that's just your own imagination, what you put in that blank. You can go get you some cake. You can go get you some ice cream. You can go get you, you know. Now, when you say go get you something, that's whatever you thought, all right? So don't be saying, I'm saying something crazy, all right? I just say, go get you some. Now, what is your son? Now, that's what you deal with, all right? Now, thank you, baby. I straightened it out, didn't I? All right. So let's pick, up with, <laughs> let's pick up with step number eight, all right? We're going to pick up with step number eight. And what we're doing is this, and, and, and watch this. Now, we got 12 steps we got from the Alcoholic Anonymous program. If it worked for them, I'm just trying to find you ways to help you get something that's going to work for you, all right? So and step number eight. Now, watch this. There's some time in your life, and I'm going to put this as a disclaimer, there's a mistake rather than a misdeed. That's the focus. Is it a mistake? Or is it a misdeed? A mistake is something that you just trip over, not intentionally. But there's some of you out have some misdeeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had made, you made plans to do your wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's something that you own. It's yours. So, according to AA, they said make a list of persons that have harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Now, there's another step. The eighth step was to make a list of the people that you hurt or that you harm. And be willing to make amends. I define the word amends for you. Amends. To compensate for an injury, a loss, or an insult. No one is permitted to enjoy the fruits of his crimes. According to Levitical, the Bible's talking about this. Now, watch this. To make amends is to compensate for an injury or a loss or an insult. Miss King, if I insulted you, I've got to be able to be willing to compensate you for it. 
It may mean I may have to take you out to dinner. It may mean I may have to clean the house. It may mean I may have to cook for you. Well, you might not want me to cook for you, but, you know, but whatever it is, I'm going to have to find a way to compensate you for my misdeeds if I want to be free. There's no pressure when a husband and wife are not on the same accord. We used to go to church together and sit beside each other, but in the way, on the way back, she'd get on her side of the car, and I'm on my side of the car. Ain't no love seat no more. <laughs> she hugged that door, and I drive with one hand. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to make amends. Didn't want to compensate for what I done wrong. There's so many of you all in here right now, you can't get over your issues because you don't want to compensate. And you're leaving a place for the enemy. When God told you, give him no place, no place at all. It ought to be something that you're willing to compensate, to give to that person. Let them know, I know I was wrong. Well, they was wrong too. Yeah, but this ain't about you. It's about you doing what God told you to do. If you're justified and getting even with somebody, then you're wrong. Remember, it's like you taking poison and you're waiting on them to die. You're going to pass out first. And it's up to them to call 911. And they just might wait a couple of hours before they do it. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you. God has given you instructions and told you how to handle yourself in the case of an attack. This is what you do. You've got to know how to handle your business. I don't care what they're saying or what they told you or who else you've been giving your ear to. You've got to give your ear to Scripture. In Leviticus chapter 5, verse 15, it talks about a guilt offering. A guilt offering was a mandatory atonement for an intentional or unintentional violation requiring restitution, a payback. The confession of a sin, sometimes y'all just say, you know what, I know I was wrong. Some of you can't tell God you know you was wrong. So how are you going to tell your mate or your friend or somebody that you love? You can't even come clean with God. You want to hold on to some stuff because you feel justified. There's no, God is the only justification that you need. All right. So the confession of a sin and forgiveness of a sin are cleansing from a defilement. There are sometimes people when you can allow something to sit in you so long. Have anybody ever just, uh, let me see, what, what? If you let it sit so, so long in the smell, uh, what, what kind of food or something that you, mildew, something like that? Mildew, yeah, sometimes people say, I'm talking about something that you might have sit on the table or you might, you know what? Fish. Fish. All right. It can be defiled. You let it sit there so long and start to rot and everything, you don't, you don't, you don't know what it is? I mean, it's just, def, it's just defiled. It just messes up the whole refrigerator. You are the refrigerator. And when you let that unforgiveness set inside of you, you stink. You are defiled. You stink. And every time somebody opens you up, it's like, whoo, did somebody unplug that thing or what? Oh, it's still running. It's still cooling. But the thing inside it has an expiration on it. 
And before you know it, you messed up. We call it a root of bitterness. And the Bible says when a root of bitterness gets into you, it can defile your whole body. That's why you got to let some stuff go. Well, can't you preach about prosperity? You said we were going to be doing great exports. If you learn how to forgive, your prosperity will come to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. It's required not only a ram, but also a 20% fine to the wrong party. A fifth part. Most of you don't even realize when God talked about even, I don't need to mention that, but I'm going to tell you where he got this from. He got this from the tithe. When you take your tithe from God and you use it on yourself, God said, that's fine, you can use it, but just drop me off 20% on your way back. Now, you can pay the 10%. What do you look like trying to pay the 20? Anyway, I just let you have that one. All right. So some, that's why I said sometimes we can do wrong to God and still come here and lift up hold of hands. Really? I dare you to come in my house and steal my TV and gonna come over the next day and watch TV with me and another TV. <laughs> You, you stole my good TV, and I got this, this crappy thing in here, and now you want to come over the next day and watch it with me? Really? Yeah. I'm going to come in here and lift my hands up to God, but I done took your money. All right, let me leave that one alone. Uh, y'all know I can teach you on tithing, can't I? I should have done that the first of the year, but anyway, I'm going to leave you alone. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8, watch this. Bring forth, therefore, fruit meat for repentance. If you say, baby, I'm, if I say my wife, baby, I'm sorry, she didn't heard that enough. She's looking for some signs to show that I'm sorry. There ought to be some fruits of repentance going on in my life. There ought to be some ways that I'm willing to show her and prove to her that I'm sorry. Just saying you're sorry ain't enough because she can come back and say, yeah, I know you're sorry. And not mean it in a positive way. So there has to be some fruits of repentance. What AA is telling you, if you really want to get over this, if you really want to get away from this defilement, if you really want to get away from this issue, there ought to be some fruits to show that you want to get away from it. If you, think, if you say you threw drinking, then pour out the alcohol. You might have to move away from the alcohol store that's next door to you. But it ought to be something that you ought to be willing to do. All right, next step, step number nine. All right. Now, this is making a direct amends for such people, whether, wherever possible, except when to do so will injure them or others. Now, this is coming to the, not the mistake, but the misdeed. When you got somebody who just messed up and they keep doing the same old thing over and over again, it says right here, when it will injure them or others. Meaning, you keep, if I keep telling her I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I can say, baby, you know what? I'm wrong. I, I wrecked the car. I'm wrong. And okay, well, that's okay. She can forgive me for it. I wrecked your car. Oh, okay. Well, good. We'll get it fixed, all right? But I was out with that other woman. <laughs> Big difference from wrecking the car. I can wreck my car and her car. Mistakes. Misdeed. Bring it personal and brings it home. Therefore, now, I've got to be careful because I can cause her to sin. That's what this step is talking about. 
Galatians 5, verse 25 through 26. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit leading in every part of our lives. You hear what he's saying? When you get to a point that you done messed up and you know you, you, it's, it's, it's a misdeed, what you need to do is follow the Spirit. You need to go, God, God, if I ain't never followed you before, I really need to follow you now. All right? So, he goes on to say, so let us not become conceited or provoke one another. Don't provoke me. You better be led by the Spirit before you say this because it could provoke me to anger. Or be jealous of another. Let me show you what Deuteronomy said. Deuteronomy 9 and 7 said, Remember, forget not how thou provokest thou the Lord, thou God, to what? To wrath in the wilderness. You can provoke people to wrath by your misdeeds. That's why, people, church is here to try to teach you what the Word of God says. The Word is profitable to point out to you where you're wrong at before the devil get a hold to you and lead you farther into that darkness. And when you mess up in the darkness, whatever you do in the dark will come to the light. And when it comes to the light, you have to deal with it, then there's some repercussions that you're going to have to face. So what God's trying to do with his word is protect you. Sometimes you don't know why God told you not to do something. He just told you not to do it. And then when you do it, you say, oh, now I know. Adam, don't eat of this tree. Here it is almost 7,000 years later, and we're still reaping the repercussions of what Adam did. You don't know how long this thing going to last you, so don't do it. He give you a way of escape. All right? So we see here now, there's nine, there's nine steps of telling you there's, there's a way that you have to be careful on how you start trying to make amends to a person, how you're going to have to talk to a person. You're going to have to be led by God. So I'm not telling any of you all in here, run and go tell your wife that you slept out last night. I'm telling you to follow the Spirit. So if I told you to follow the Spirit and you still do it, that's between you and the Spirit. Because if you are led to do it, then the Holy Ghost is going to help you get out of it. All right? Y'all hear me? You understand it? You clear? Do I need to go farther? All right, let's go to verse 10. I mean, step 10. Step 10. Continue to take, continue to take personal inventory. And when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Continue to take personal inventory. How do you take inventory? You know what? Let me ask you this. If there's an 80-20 rule, are you just selling the fact that you got the 80? No, you need to look at the 20% that she's missing or that he's missing and see if there's anything you can do to compensate, to help, to, to cover. Don't just... When we took the, uh, the, the, the uh, personality series training and you found out what your personality was and then you found out the, the strength of your personality, oh, I'm sanguine, I'm just bubbly all the time, I'm this and this. But you didn't, you didn't read the part where it says that you get on people's nerves, you're not this, you're not that. You left all that alone. You took the inventory of all the good stuff you were. Oh, that's just the way I am. <laughs> But you, you, the other part says that you're annoying, you get on people's nerves, you're, you're, you're short-sighted, you just jump, you act too quickly. You didn't want to deal with that. 
You see how we pick the best of ourselves? And we want everybody to compliment us when we're doing something good. But what about, can they come to you when you're wrong? You don't want nobody to tell you nothing when you're wrong. Those are signs of the last days. You're ungrateful, you you don't think about nothing. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31, from the King James Version. For if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. And God was talking about the communion. But guess what? That scripture is for your whole life. If you judge yourself, you can save yourself a lot of heartache and pain. If you just judge yourself, you know there's not nobody who can do wrong and not know it. You know when you want to do wrong. You know when you're getting ready to do wrong. If you would judge yourself, God said, I won't even judge you. But know this, if you don't judge yourself, God is faithful and just. You will get just what you deserve. Not overbearing, but yet there will be judgment. And sometimes judgment is not a bad thing. Sometimes a judgment comes into your life to just bring you to a point where you can correct some actions. So don't always think that judgment, God's going to come down on you with a bunch of hammers. No, he was going to judge you so that you can put yourself back in alignment before you wreck something, before you hurt somebody. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. This is why you need to judge yourself. The human heart is the most what? Deceitful of all things. You thought that person was messed up. Your heart is worse than that person. Mm-hmm. You think that you can never hurt nobody. You think you can never shoot nobody. You think you can never kill nobody. You don't know what's in your heart. You watch enough TV to put a vision in there. Mm-hmm. That's why people in this last, these last days, the Bible said the love of men is your wax cold. The devil won't know how much will it take for you to break, for you to snap. How many of y'all been watching uh, uh, TV, uh, cable, uh, and there's a show now called Snap? We don't watch it in the house. I don't want to watch it, and I ain't about to let Miss King watch it. I don't, uh-uh, mm-mm. I don't need her snapping around there, all right? Uh-uh. I don't want her to, I, I, I love Jesus, and I, and, I, and I want to see him, but I just don't want her to arrange the meeting, Okay? <laughs> I don't want her to do that. I want to wait and let him come for me, okay? All right? So, so the heart is deceitful above all things, and the Bible says desperately wicked. Now, you can fight against what God said. No, that ain't my heart. You just don't know what's in your heart. So therefore, glean not to your own understanding, but take what the Scripture is saying. You don't know what you would do in a situation. You always think that you know how to handle it, but you don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, in my mind, uh, Miss King, God knows that's not going to happen, but I'm just going to give you an example so that you know. If Miss King was a mess up, psh, man, I got this. I'm going to love on her. I'm going to pray for her and wait on God to deliver her. That's my plan. Woo! I'm sorry. Woo! Hey, Lord, help me. You're going to have to help me. I got a little nervous right then, boy. But my plan is, I'm going to handle like the man of God. I'm going to handle like Jesus handled me. When I was messed up and didn't do right, he showed me some love and some mercy. Yeah. That's my plan. I pray I never have to enact that plan. 
I pray to God I don't never have to do it, all right? So let's move on. All right. So the human heart is most of all def- deceitful, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know how bad it really is? That's why you need to always judge yourself, take inventory of yourself, and see how far you're getting off. When you start realizing your thoughts are not godly, that your thoughts are becoming from, from, from vicious to revenge, you got to check yourself and say, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, because I, I can see myself doing something really bad to you. Mm-hmm. You're messed up, and then somebody now boiling some, what's that, boiling some, uh, some, some gr- grits. Well, y'all, see, y'all been watching, t- y'all been sitting there? You better not sit at that table, better not eat. Women know it, but both men don't know it, huh? Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's why you have to watch and judge yourself because you don't never know what position you're putting somebody else in. You're thinking that you can handle it. I think I can handle a situation, but if I get in that situation, I don't know what I'm going to do because my heart tells me it might do something crazy. God already told me that. That's why you don't give no place to the devil, and not only to give place to the devil, but you do not, listen to me good, make provisions for the flesh. Do not make provisions for the flesh. Do not put yourself in a position where you might mess up. Amen? All right, step 11. All right. They sought through prayer and meditation. You hear that? They prayed and they meditated, meditated on the Word of God. This is something that they were doing because these people were caught in alcoholism and this alcoholism was tearing them apart. They couldn't do nothing. They couldn't be productive citizens because this spirit in them was stopping them from being productive. And how they got delivered is through this. What I just done was give you scriptures to go along with how they got their freedom and hope that one of these steps would be productive for you, if not all 12. So they saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge, for his will, for, for us and the power to carry that out. They prayed, they meditated on it, and they said, God, you're going to have to help me with this. you have to give me the understanding of your will, God, in this situation. And you're going to have to give me the power to carry out what I think I need to do. Psalm 1, and watch this, Psalm 1, verse 1 through 2. All the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand with sinners or join with mockers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord in which they meditate on it day and night. When you're in a situation and you know you've been hurt by somebody, do not go to your friends who are going to give you some ungodly counsel. The Bible says you'll get joy not being with those folks because they're going to tell you to do something crazy and you're going to see yourself doing it. No, at that time, when somebody hurts you, when somebody puts you down, somebody dog you out, you need to go and meditate and pray. Do not go to your friends. Some of you, you can't even go. Don't even go to your family members. Go to your God. I'm telling you now how to handle this. You can't go by what your friends say. You got to seek God through prayer and meditate on what you just heard, what you just read, what God just told you, if you want to get the victory out of it. Next 
Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, they went through all those, nine, those 11 steps, and it caused them now to become aware that God is really real. We tried to carry out this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. They practiced all of these principles in all their affairs, whether they're on the job, whether they're at church, wherever they are. Do y'all realize people get hurt in church real quick? You ever wonder why people get hurt in church? Because most people come to church and they say, this is church. I can let my guard down. And I don't expect to be hurt. I expect to be able to come here and serve and love people. And then when I bump into somebody who's been hurt and they hurt me, now there's two hurt people in the church. I tell you, there's no perfect church. And if you do find one, I know you've been traveling, if you find one, Please do yourself a favor. Do not join it. You will mess it up. Yeah. There is no perfect church. Everybody has people. Every church has people, and people have issues. And if you don't have an issue, I'm telling you now, this is not the place for, for you, because when you leave here, you will have one, even if I give it to you. Because I'm bound to say something that you're not going to like. But knowing that you're not perfect, then let me help you with your issues. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. The King James Version says this. Finally, since you've heard all that, finally, brothers, brethren, whatsoever things that are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever, whatsoever. And what is he saying? He's saying that when you get caught up in a situation where you want to let yourself go, no, you got to think on these things. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are good report. Listen, when you've been hurt, the last thing you want to think about is whatsoever. Y'all, you're dealing with the whatsoever truth. Mm -hmm, it's true. You hurt me. Mm -hmm. No, no, don't stop there. Whatsoever things are honest. Yeah, honestly, I am hurt. Whatsoever things are just. It's just. Well, hold on. Justice is not given to you. So at some point, you'll start tripping yourself up the more you start reading these scriptures. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. You see, it's getting away from your thoughts, so you can't use these scriptures now to justify yourself because at some point, it's going to stop justifying you and it's going to get into God. The word will find you where you are, but it's going to take you to where he is. That's why you don't want to get in the word. And the devil don't want you to get in the word because it's going to take you away from him. Y'all got to realize there's a real warfare out there, and the devil really want to mess you up. So whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of a good report. You hear that? When you're mad and you want to get even with somebody, you got to find some good in that person. If I'm mad and I want to get even at Miss King, she done done something that really hurt me, I got to find out something good in her. I got to find out, I got to look for that something good, and I got to meditate on that. I can't be mad when I meditate on the goodness of somebody. Whenever you want to get mad at your mate, your children, or whatever, Whatsoever is honest, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever things have a good report, you got to think on these things. 
Now, I'm telling you this before the warfare comes, all right? Those things which, are, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're looking for. You need some peace. But he said, if you do these things, then I'll be with you. Other than that, you won't have peace. You're going to be up all night trying to figure out what you're going to do and how, how you're going to get back. And that ain't God. God wants you to have peace. Peace with yourself and peace with others. All these steps. Well, Pastor, how does all this get in dealing with alcoholism? Because they gave, the alcoholism gave the devil a place in their lives. And he's holding on to their life. It could be by some unforgiveness. It could be because they got hurt. When somebody hurts you, you are the most, you're, you're the victim. And the devil seeks to get in on you and set up a foothold. You know what? Um, most of the people that, well, just about all the people that I've talked to, but science or doctors or psychologists have proved that a person to, be, to go into homosexuality was abused in the early days. Some type of abuse. Uncle or cousin or father or mother. Abused them when they were young. And that spirit got into them at that point of abuse. That low down devil, how are you going to take advantage of a child who's being like that? The devil does not care. If you go through a trauma situation, the devil sees an open door for him to get in. That's why God tells you, you got to listen to the scriptures. You got to obey the scriptures because the devil will get in and deceive you. He's the greatest deceiver and he knows when to get into you, when you've been hurt. And you're trying to piece things together, you're trying to understand it. The devil gets right in the midst of that and confuses you. And you think, I was born that way. No, he got in when you were so young. Sometimes a mother can go through birth and she has some trouble get bring that child in. That child can be on a respirator or whatever in an incubator and the devil will come into that incubator. At that young age, ain't even a day old, but set his house, set his home up. And that person grow up saying, but I was born this way. No, you wasn't. That enemy got in. He confused you from that day and stayed there. Now he's confusing you now today. You think, you think that you were born that way? You weren't born that way? He got in when you was young. He was hurt. You were hurt. You almost died coming into this world, so he got into that. The devil don't play fair. He don't play fair. All right, I know y'all thought 12 steps was over with. Let me give you something else. You see what that title says? All these steps that I've given you, all these 12 steps, if you activate your faith, It'll make it possible. But watch this. It does not make it easy. Faith makes things possible. Not easy. Not easy. If I can get anything in your head today, it's going to be that subtle enemy that'll make you do your own thing or offer you the opportunity to do your own thing. When the devil come at you, it is so subtle. It is so simple for you to do wrong. It is so simple. Ooh, goodness. 
that Miss King was, I was to find out that she done did something wrong, it would be so easy for me to just, yes, Jesus, I'm laying hands on her. I'm sorry. I was thinking about it. Yeah, I was, I was really, really too, too deep in there. I'm sorry, a little bit heavy-handed. You know, I'm sorry. I love you too. I'm going to make amends. All right, I'm going to take you to lunch or dinner somewhere. All right, over my sister's house. All right. All right. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 through 40. By faith, watch this, before you discount your faith, before you get to a point where you think your faith is not worth anything, that it's not working, it has the ability because God gave you these examples and told you how, these, how strong these faith were, these people's faith were. So don't sit there and not use your faith. You can build your faith and make your faith so strong that it can deliver you from any circumstance or situation. You don't have to keep that one issue with you all your life. You don't have to be a whoremonger all your life. You don't have to be an alcoholic all your life. You don't have to be silly, <laughs> better word, all your life. You can get some wisdom. But you can get it by faith. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. God had promised you some stuff. How are you going to get it? By faith, activating your faith. Stop doing what you want to do and do what God wants you to do. That's how faith begins to activate when you find yourself doing Look, here it is now. Somebody hurt you. You don't want to get over it. Well, when you activate your faith in God, you do what God said, your faith is going to go strong. And then you're going to get the blessings that God wants you to have. And if you don't, the devil just setting you up. Listen to me. There are some people, sins are beforehand. And there are some that come afterwards. Some people, as soon as they mess up, they get punished. But there are some people that has gone years in this mess. And, and had nothing happen. But it will. Because God is just. You might think you have gotten away. No, you just got by. The day of reckoning is coming. You're going to get yours. That's why you need, to, you need to repent. Get out your mess as quick as you can. Everybody who has an issue... I tell you, go to God with that issue so you can get over it before that day of payment comes up. All right, and receive what God has promised them. They shut the mouth of lions. They quench the flames of fire and escape death by the sword, by the edge of the sword. Their wickedness was, their weakness was turned into strength. Their weakness was turned into strength. Some of the wicked ways that you got can become strong. When I was in the youth ministry, why should I say this? <laughs> you know I'm delivering them free, right? Okay, good. When I was in the youth ministry, all the little girls would come to me. I used to think about how I used to treat girls back then. So what I did, because now I'm in the faith and I've gotten strong in the work, I would be able to help them now tell them what the boys were looking for. So the weakness that I had back then became my strength, and I was putting them on the right track. I tell them about being abstinent, about holding up. I was telling them what we were thinking as boys back then. Yeah, we'll tell you we love you. Yeah, all we wanted to see you do was crack a smile because that opened up the heart. Oh, I would get some crazy little old dead plant off the ground and just bring it to you and say, and see like that smile coming on all y'all faces. You know, see that? Mm-hmm. All I needed to see was you smile. 
Because when I got to your smile, I got to your emotion, your emotion. When I got to your emotion, I took control of your affections. And that's the thing that when I found out in the Word of God, God said, above all else, guard your affections. Because they rule every issue of life. I didn't know that then, when I was that young. I just knew when I got to smiling. That's why now, I, you know, in, in a single person like me, I knew when I could get a woman smiling, you're going to take care of me. You're going to give me your own lunch money. I would break in front of them in line just to drink out of the water fountain and let them hold the thing for me. Stupid. I admit it. I did, I didn't, back then, I was just trying to be all macho, trying to be to somebody. Didn't know no better. Letting the enemy use me. I didn't have that much game. The devil was the biggest player because he was playing me. He was pimping me. And I didn't know it. Uh-huh. So some of y'all men, y'all being pimped and don't know it. I'm telling the truth. I'm telling you what I told them. And those young girls appreciate it. And they would look at it. And they would look at some of the guys like, yeah. I said, yeah, that's a game. Mm-hmm. That's a game. Mm-hmm. Tell my daughter now, be careful. Little boy, give you a teddy bear. Give you this. You better watch out. I seen one movie where this little doll, this man put a spirit in it. You can't play with all these dolls. All right, I'm leaving that alone. All right, let me get back to this. Going too deep now. Going too far back. But what I'm saying is that your weakness, the things that you used to do, can be a strength to help somebody else through. Okay? If you're the player, then play for God. Let God teach you how to help these young ladies, how to protect themselves and guard their life from guys like you. You know how you were. Or is. That might be how you get out of it when you start trying to teach somebody else how to get out. I don't know. All right. Those weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. You hear this? They put whole armies. There were 300 men who took on a whole nation and defeated them by faith. Women, so it ain't just for men in battle, women receive their loved ones back from death with faith. With faith. And we don't meditate on it. We don't use it. We're not using it. I'm telling y'all, it works. It's working in my life. I'm seeing how faith is working in my life. I have a testimony. If you walk up right before him, he will withhold no good thing from you. That's faith. I believe what he said in his word, that if I walk up right before you, you won't withhold no good thing. And all these good things that I see. All right. But others, now watch this. But others were tormented, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Faith can get you so, so strong in your faith, you say, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to get a better resurrection. I'm not going to turn I'm not going to renounce my faith in Jesus. Do what you do. They probably could have got out of it. But they say, no. Take me. Now, I don't know how strong your faith is. I don't want nobody to test mine in that area, but, you know, it can be that strong. They placed their hope in, in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at some, and, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison, 
Some died by stoning. Some were sawn in half, and we believe Isaiah was. And others were killed with the sword. All because they had faith and wouldn't release it. We give our faith for anything. It's raining outside. Well, I don't need to come to church. I'm not gonna get. He said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. Without believing. You're supposed to come to church. It's raining. It looks like it's going to rain. Next, watch this. Let me give you the last script. I know, baby. I'm going to let you go. I probably I just want to finish this one out. All right. So, some went about wearing skins of sheep and goat. They disguising themselves. Destitute. Going without. And oppressed. And mistreated. How many of you have been mistreated? Uh-huh. Your faith can get you through that, baby. It sure can. It sure can. All right. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and in holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation. Faith will help you to earn a good reputation. Miss King, do I have a good reputation? Thank you, baby. How did I get that? Out of all the mess and how best, messed up I was, faith. When I got hooked up to God, of course, my wife always reminded me that the reason blessed on my life because I found a good thing. Okay? The Bible says, he that finds a good thing obtained favor for the Lord. So I got my favor because she's my good thing. So, all right. I, 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 since it's scripture, I'll hang on to that one. All right. But, you, but, but, but I don't care how messed up you are, how many mistakes you made in life, and what people think about you. God said, if you hook up with faith, your reputation will change. Young folks, y'all hear me? Old folks, y'all hear me? If you hook up with faith, your reputation will change. All right, because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God has promised. They got something, but they didn't get all that God has promised them. For God has something better in mind for us. That means us. So they would not reach perfection without us. They got a lot, but they don't have it all. Because God said, I got something so good for y'all that it would be unjust for me to bring y'all into this, and they, ain't, and they can't come yet. So they need to hold on for a minute, because I want to bring y'all all into this at the same time. God knows what he has for us. He has something great for us, and if you hold on to your faith, you can get it all. You can have it all. Amen? Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you'd like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.